Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. All right. Hey, are you ready for the word? Amen. Those of you who aren't, get your Bibles out anyways. Matthew 6, 25, right? Open your Bible, open your iPad, open your phone, open your eyes. And uh, we're going to get into the, the word here. We're in part five, actually, of our series. And this is, in fact, the final installment. Uh, we started um, trying to answer some questions right after Easter. We, we are using the phrase, I was wondering. And so it really came from a lot of things that we hear throughout the course of the year. We get emails and phone calls. We have a chance to pray for people in the main lobby or here in community group or life group or up front. And, and people are asking questions all the time. And so we just kind of compiled, if you will, an understanding of what seems to be the most asked questions. People are wondering different things. And then we come along and apply the word to it. How many of you guys know the word is applicable to every situation in life? Amen. God wrote it right the first time. Doesn't need an update, okay? So uh, you need to just go in there and find the truth for your situation and stand on it, amen, and walk in it. But you gotta be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. So we're hoping that through the course of anything that we do here that you find a truth to hold on to and then you live it out because God blesses not what you hear, but what you do, amen? And so we're looking at some things. We looked at uh, how do I handle pressure? How do I handle anxiety? Uh, We looked at how do I have uh, godly values in the world we live in today? Last week, Pastor Gerald did um, how do we navigate a storm, what a great message that was. And if you miss any service or you can't make it, then you can always go online. I don't know if you know that. Go to our app or go to our website and you can hear that message again and again. And there's a lot of them that I would, I listen to guys all the time, some over and over again to get that truth on the inside of me. And so I would encourage you in that. And always invite somebody that can't make it, can't come to experience that, go online or if they're not around here to do that as well. So we're going to finish this up. And, and really what was on my heart this morning was the idea of how to turn our worry around. I was wondering how to turn my worry around because it seems to be a constant in life. Um, Maybe not for individuals constantly, but it seems like we're all at a place from time to time that we find things that we're worrying about. And I think maybe some of us, maybe more than other. But Matthew 6, 25 through 34, the Sermon on the Mount has so many wonderful truths. It's more than that. It's five, six, and seven have so many wonderful truths in there. And Jesus, understand, is talking to the multitude. Well, the multitude is gathered, but he's talking to his 12 disciples as they're sitting at his feet and then the multitude fills the hillside. And so Jesus is taking that moment to teach his disciples something and he's using the crowd as an illustration and things that happen around him. We'll talk about a few of those in this message. And so Jesus is talking about a lot of things in life. And here we have a section that we can pull out, I believe, some truths on how to turn our worry around. And so let's take a, a start in verse 25. Matthew 6, 25. Here we go. Therefore, I tell you, and when Jesus says, I tell you, it's almost like a command. He said, hey, listen to me. I'm telling you, do not worry. Do not worry about your life. What you eat drink about your body, what you'll wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. So you can imagine he's just kind of talking. All of a sudden there's a bird flying. Hey, in fact, look at the bird of the air. Look up. Look at the bird of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Goes on to say, can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? The answer is obviously no. Hey, but you can take some off of it, (laughs) right? We all know that. Verse 28, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
Verse 30, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Verse 31, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. The pagans run. He says, let's not run after the things the world runs after. I mean, after all, aren't we different? I mean, we have a heavenly father that knows, remember he said, that knows you have need of things, so you don't have to chase those things. So if we're running after the things the world is running after, why would the world want what we have? So he's saying, don't run after the things the world runs after. Your heavenly, father's no, your heavenly father knows that you need them, so you don't have to chase them down. He says that instead, pursue, not those things that the world pursues, but pursue or seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, he's giving us a divine order, and all these things will be added to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I'm going to go back to verse 26 for a second, because there's a small little phrase uh, I skipped, but a small phrase, but a huge point right here. I want to look at it really quick. It says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. Now, what are those next two words? And yet. And yet. Now think about that for a minute. How many of you guys are glad that we serve an and yet God? (laughs) I don't deserve the grace of God, and yet he's there. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, and yet he still is there. I I didn't grow up with all the advantages everybody else had, and yet God takes care of me. I don't have a good paying job, and yet God supplies all my need. I, 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 are you getting the picture here? I love that. I don't know about you, but there's just these little phrases that jump out from time to time that we need to grab a hold of and get inside of us. I don't know where you come from, but I want to tell you today, and yet there is a God that loves you. Amen. Has a plan for your life. Verse 25 said a command, do not worry. Verse 28 said, and asks us a question, why do you worry? Isn't that funny? Do not worry. And then he comes around and says, hey, so why do you worry? He builds a case in between why we shouldn't worry. Then he asks us a question, why do you worry? And then he says again in verse 31, so do not worry. Hey, what is the worst thing that you can tell someone when they're worrying? <laughs> don't, you, don't you hate that? It's like, okay, I hear that one more time, you know? Hey, so don't worry. And it's the worst thing somebody wants to hear or can hear when they're worrying is, hey, don't worry, unless it comes from somebody who knows something you don't. Right? I mean... Somebody must know something. Jesus must know something we don't. To tell us not to worry, he must know. It's like this. It's like this. Have you ever been to a movie or watched something, or maybe at home you've watched a movie, somebody else saw but you didn't? I remember I took my youngest daughter, uh, Camry. We went to the uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame. I'm, I'm into all that, and we went to watch the movie. It was her second time. She'd already seen it once. And so she wanted Dad to spend money on her this time. And... Uh, she just wanted the endless popcorn and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, we sat there and we were watching the movie. And uh, you know, that it's these real critical moments in, in the movie. I would look over at Camry. I'm like, I'm not sure what's going to happen next. And if I look over at Camry, and if Camry wasn't worried, then I wasn't worried because Camry had already seen this before. Come on. <laughs> Two things I would do in that movie. I'd look at Camry to make sure everything was cool and going to be all right. If she wasn't scared, I wasn't scared. If she wasn't nervous, I wasn't nervous. She'd already seen it before. And then I needed her to tell me when I could take a bathroom break because it's three hours long and I'm over 50. I mean, come on. <laughs> Endless Diet Coke, right? I mean, it's just it's that way. Have you ever watched a game pre-recorded? I hate watching pre-recorded games, right? Hey, just record the game. No, I can't do that. I got to find out the score. I never, I'm not the person you want to watch a pre-recorded game with because I'm like, oh, you wish, watch this play. Watch this play. This is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. Or, oh man, hey, just, I'm just telling you it's going to turn out. I'm, you don't want to sit with me. But when someone tells you not to worry, maybe they know something you don't. Maybe. 
I figure if Jesus tells us not to worry here, he must know something we don't. And if Jesus knows everything from beginning to end and he tells me not to worry, then I figure that's good enough for me, amen? And Jesus knows something we don't. When Jesus says don't worry, just figure he already knows how it will turn out. And aren't you glad the one who already knows how everything is from beginning to end is faithful and he loves you? Let's take a look at verse 31 again, Matthew 6, 31. Let's go there if we could. Matthew 6, 31. It's returning there. Here we go. So do not worry. What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And it goes on to say the next one. This is what the world, verse 32, go ahead. For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. This is something Jesus is telling us not to worry about the things the world worries about. If the church worries about the things the world worries about, why would the world want what we have? And so he's building us a case saying, basically, worry does not work and worry is worthless. We shouldn't engage in all that. He says, so don't worry. In fact, it's almost to me like Jesus is saying, and he's not condoning worrying, but it's almost like Jesus is saying, hey, don't worry about these things. If you want to worry, Don, worry about how we can how we can stop teen suicide. Hey, what about this? Worry about how we can stop child abuse. Hey, maybe worry about how we can reach all the lost people, the people that are dying and going to hell every day and don't know Jesus. Hey, worry about how we can help the under-resourced. I mean, I think it's not, he's not condoning worry here, but I think he's saying, there's a lot of the things that you can worry about, but don't worry about these things, he says. Your father knows you need them, and he'll take care of you. He says, but don't worry about what you eat, drink, wear, The world worries about those things. He says, basically, turn your worry around. Get it turned around. So the command is do not worry. The question he asks is, why do you worry? And I think that's a great question to ask ourselves at times. But here's the thing. If you're asking me that question, I would look at you and say, really? You really want to know how much time you got? (laughs) Now, I'd probably respond a little differently to Jesus, but because he, we come on, you already know, right, Jesus? But for us, it's like, I think it's, it's important for us to look from time to time and see, what are we really worrying about? And I would, I would respond this way, okay, so why do you worry? And I'd say, okay, because I have an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old, and they're females. That's why I worry, right? I have, and this is an oxymoron here, I know, I have adult children. Children, adults. But they're trying to live that way, and I'm trying to allow them to do that. Can I tell you, it worries me. The decisions that they make, I'm worried about every time they get in the car. I pray, God, protect them. I'm worried about the other drivers, not about them. I'm worried about their tire going flat in the middle of the night and some creepy guy stopping to try and quote unquote help them. I'm worried about my young, beautiful ladies being out there and men trying to hit on them. I'm worried about someone trying to take advantage of them. I'm worried about someone trying to cheat them. Is anybody out there listening to what I'm saying right now? Come on. I worry about that. I worry about that. And let me tell you, as a pastor, as a pastor, I worry. I worry every time you come here, I worry that I'm going to be able to connect with you. And not just to give you information, but to give you something that you can apply for transformation. I worry sometimes that you're just coming to church out of obligation and you leave and it's not really helping you because you're not applying it. I'm worried about am I getting a point across that you can add to Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and not just live it on Sunday. I'm worrying about, are you listening about how to pray for your family? I'm worrying about, do you really believe that you should have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit? I'm worried about, do you really think that this church is asking for your money? Or do you think we're trying to teach you a principle of tithing to bless and benefit you financially? I worry about those things. So Jesus is like, you don't want to ask me what I worry about. I'll tell you. (laughs) So Jesus tells us not to worry. And he builds a case for us not to worry and tells us worry doesn't work. And he says this. He says, look at the birds. 
Don't be like the birds. He's like, don't, don't be like the birds. He's saying, observe the birds and what they're doing. In order to see the birds, where do you have to look? You got to look up. Maybe Jesus is trying to get us to change what we're looking at. Maybe we're looking at the wrong level. Look at everything right here. You don't see worried birds. You might see some angry birds. <laughs> There'd be a game, worried birds, right? There'd be a game, big, big hit. But Jesus is saying, they're not worried because they know their father's going to feed them. It's not that there are not things going on in my life. It's not that I'm in denial. It's that I know where to look. I look up. If we don't learn to look up, if we don't learn to look up, our mind just races. Yeah, it just spins. goes in circles. Mine's just spinning. I don't know if that affects you. I, I saw this amazing illustration. This way. I don't know if that affects you, but Matthew 6.25, where it says this, and you guys, can, if you can pull that up, put up 6.25 for me. It says this, therefore I tell you, do not worry. And it starts talking about your life. Now it says, do not worry right there. The literal translation means take no thought. Now your Bible might say, do not worry. Some might say, do not be anxious. Some might say, take no thought. But that's the literal translation, take no thought. The thing it has in common, all of them have in common is this. It all starts with a thought. It always starts with a thought. In fact, you being here today in your seat started with a thought. I think we should go to church today. And then immediately another thought came. I think we should stay in bed. It's Memorial Weekend. And then another thought came. Thank God Tree of Life has a 9 and an 11. We can sleep in and still go to church. Praise the Lord. And then another thought came. Well, then we still have to get up and get dressed and get the kids dressed. And then another thought came. No, at Tree of Life, you can come as you are. Let the kids wear their pajamas. You might not. You maybe. I don't know. And then another thought, well, I got to get the kids fed. And then another thought came, no, Tree Life, they got free cereal. Hey, you can get tacos and you can get pancakes and sausage like IHOP. <laughs> hey, we tried to remove all those other thoughts so you could come. Because here's the truth. Whatever thought you take hold of, it leads you somewhere. You took hold of a thought today that led you here. You had other thoughts come, right? Other thoughts came, bouncing through your mind last night, this morning, but you took a hold of that one thought and it brought you to this place. So Jesus is saying, don't take a hold of those thoughts because when you take a hold of a thought, it will lead you somewhere. Now, worry is different. Worry is circular. And really, in a sense, worry doesn't lead you anywhere. We'll talk about that in a minute. The thought of worry, worries, thoughts of worries are circular. And Jesus says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry what you're going to eat and drink. You know what he's talking about? Don't worry about your supply. Don't worry about your provision. And don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry how you look. What he's talking about? Don't worry about your status. Don't worry about your position because that's what we associate with it. In fact, this morning, I thought I got, up, I got up early. I get up before anybody else. I get dressed. I get myself to church. And I thought, man, Memorial Day, I got red, white, and blue on. And then someone told me I got orange, orange, blue, and white on. And now I'm worried about my orange, blue, and white shirt on Memorial Day. Jesus says, don't worry about that. Don't worry about your supply or your status. Don't worry about your provision or your position. Isn't it interesting that Jesus wrote that? And it's like he's writing it to 2019. Because isn't that where the most of our worry comes from? Our supply and our status, our provision and our position. It's amazing. Isn't it amazing that the Bible is relevant for any generation, any year in life? Amen. So supply and, and, and status. He says, don't worry about any of that. 
We're still worried about those same things. And so we go round and round and round about it. And that's how our mind works. And we even wake up in the middle of the night. I don't know about you if it looks this way for you. I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes, if I can go to sleep at times. But it could be the middle of the day. It could be in a meeting. It could be when you're all alone that your mind just starts spinning, starts spinning. And worry looks like this. Worry looks like this. Starts spinning. My mind, I'm thinking about all these things. I wake up in the middle of the night or I lay there in the middle of the night and my mind's just spinning and spinning and spinning. Think about all these things. There's actually two things that get me up in the middle of the night. One is a full brain. The other is a full bladder. Over 50. It's just true. What's worse is when my bladder wakes me up and then my brain starts working where it wasn't before. You start spinning and spinning and spinning. It's just what he's talking about here. It all starts with a thought that you take hold of. And it could be like this. It could be like this. It's this thought. It's this moment in your mind. And, and so your mind's spinning, and all of a sudden you're thinking about today, this week, this week. Three times I got a call from the daycare about my three-year-old getting in trouble because he's unwilling to share. And could you please help your child at home? He's unwilling to share. And so now it's become a problem at daycare. And man, if I don't fix this problem, I don't know how I'm going to fix this problem. Then he's going to go through life, and he's going to get a little older and not willing to share. And he's not going to have any friends. None of the other moms are going to want to have a play date with us because my kid hasn't learned to share. They'll all be at Chick-fil-A. Mike, we won't get invited. And then all of a sudden when he gets older, he's not going to have any friends. And because he hasn't learned to share, at some point in time, he's not going to just not share. He's going to start taking things from other people. And at some point in time, he's going to start stealing. And oh my goodness, he's going to become, he's going to steal stuff and then he's going to get in trouble. He's going to get caught from stealing and he's going to be put in jail. What are we going to do? Or how about this one? Let's, let's make it a little more real to home. My, my, my child, my, my 12-year-old and stuff, he's just not, the grades just aren't there and he just doesn't get it. It just doesn't make sense. The books are just not working. I mean, he's a sharp kid, but... The books just don't make sense to him, and, and his, his grades are low. The other kids are making fun of him, and so he kind of isolates himself and pulls himself away from the other kids, and I don't know how to get him out of this, and we need his grades to get better because we want him to get into a better school because if his grades aren't good, he won't get into a better school, and if he doesn't get into a better school, he won't get a good job, and if he doesn't get a good job, he won't make a livable age, and he'll live in my basement for the rest of his life, and then he'll... And in order to make more money, he's going to start taking drugs to deal with his depression. Then he'll sell drugs to make more money. And then he's going to be arrested and put into prison. And then we're going to be arrested for harboring a drug dealer. (laughs) My job, how my job. Production's down. My boss is on me and production's down. I'm over this group of people and I don't know how to, how to make production any better. And if I don't turn this around, I know I'm not going to have my job. And if I lose my job, I don't know how to tell my wife I'm going to lose my job. And if we lose our job, we're going to lose our house. We're going to lose our car and we're going to live on the streets. We're going to be homeless. And I, I don't know how to take care of it. And I don't know what we're going to do. And what about my marriage? What about my teenager? I'd keep going and eventually I'd get all of us. But I'd also throw up and fall down the stairs because I'm so dizzy right now. <laughs> I'm holding on for just a second. Give me a moment. (laughs) But here's the truth of that. I'm spinning my mind. I'm spinning, spinning. I took a thought. Spinning, spinning. But you notice I keep going round and round. And here's what I'm doing. I'm spinning, spinning. But I'm not working on it. I'm not praying about it. Oh, I'm, I'm worrying and calling it prayer. Not really doing anything about it. But at the end of all that... I'm still in the same place I started. But here's the difference. Now I'm dizzy. Now I can't see straight. Now I'm disoriented. I'm confused. And now I'm trying to make decisions about my marriage, about my job, about my family, about my life from a place of confusion, from a place of of dizziness, not being able to see straight. 
and I've gotten nowhere. It begins with a thought. And you understand this, that it all starts with a situation in your life. That's a reality that really happens. It all, and what worry does, it grabs a hold of a thought that you have about that situation. Whatever thought you choose, it will take. And where it will start you at a place. It'll start you at a place. And notice when I start, it starts me at a place and I end at this place. I start at this place and I end at this place. Where it will start me with fear. And I'll end at fear. It'll start me at lack and I'll end at lack. And you take the thought and you start spinning. And your mind spins around and around. And after all you've done that, after all you've been worrying about it, after all the spinning, the only difference is you're in the same place where you started. You're just confused. You're disoriented. And you cannot see straight. And so now I make those decisions I have no business making. And so I was up all night, up all night worrying. My mind was spinning about something God was already working on. And that's what Jesus is saying. God was already working. How do I know? How do you know he's already working on it? Well, let me, I'm glad you asked that. Psalms 121, let's take a look. Verses two through four, here's what it says. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer my foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee, listen to this, will not slumber. Verse four, behold, he that keepeth Israel shall not neither slumber nor sleep. So while I was worrying, he was working. When I should be sleeping, he's working. Hey, listen, he does, he works the night shift. So sleep, because he's got it taken care of. You're worrying about things he's working on. I should have been sleeping while my mind was spinning because I was worrying about what God was working on. So here I am, spinning, spinning. Jesus says, if your life is spinning out of control, you find yourself in this place, what does he say? Look what? Look up. Why? Because you gotta get your eyes off what's going on around about you. He says, look up. My mind is spinning, spinning. My world, my mind is spinning, spinning. What's he say? Look. And he says, look down, right? At the flowers. He says, quit looking all around. Look up or look down. Look up above the birds that God causes to rise above everything or look down at the flowers that are rooted in the soil of God's purpose. How do you stop from spinning if you're spinning? You look up and you see God, your Father in heaven that's over you and sees everything or you look down to see yourself rooted in the soil of God's purpose. Stop spinning. He's giving us another place to look. Stop spinning, you have to look up or down. It's all about basically the position. The birds rise above it and the flowers are rooted beneath it. Matthew 6, 28 says this. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Stop spinning. Because if you have a father above you, if you have a father who's the soil beneath you and he knows what you have need of, then rise above it in him, then plant your life in his purpose. Stop spinning, stop looking around, look up and be reminded. Because if your Father in heaven will take care of the birds, if your Father in heaven will take care of the flowers, the Bible says, how much more does he not care for you? And listen, you can, and you can see people on your row and you say, I might not be as valuable in a sense as them, but I'm worth more than a bird. I'm worth at least more than a flower. But God says, how much more? You're worth more. The birds don't sow, they don't store up, flowers don't labor, flowers don't spin, and he cares for them. And if you are made in his image and you are, are you not more valuable than they? Today's your day to stop spinning, amen? Today's your day to stop spinning. Your father knows, your father knows what you have need of, so stop worrying about that. Your father's working on it. Okay, that's great. So how do I do that? Because I'm dizzy, I'm tired. 
Life is spinning out of control and you feel like you're in this never-ending spin cycle and you can't see straight. I'm glad you asked. Matthew 6.33. Let's take a look and see what Jesus said then. He said this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first. See, worry comes when we start with our situation. When we start with our situation and we take a hold of that thought, we start spinning round and round. But Jesus says that's not where you start. He says, if you start with your situation, you'll come back to your situation. But he says, seek first. If you start with your source, you'll come back to your source. Whatever you start with, you'll come back to. If you start with fear, you'll come back to fear. If you start with lack, you'll come back to lack. If you start with your source, you'll come back to your source. Because Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. It's all where you start that first thought. God says, stop spinning. Instead of starting with your situation, start with your source. Instead of, instead of starting with fear, start with your father. When you know who your father is, it starts you moving in a different direction. Instead of looking round and round, look up or look down. If you're already in a spin, be reminded of who he is. When you start with your source, it feeds your faith. When you start with your situation, it feeds your fear. Listen, I'm not, I'm not denying the circumstances, and I know some of you are facing some really challenging circumstances. All I'm talking about is directing your vision or your sight. I know there's real things happening around about us. He's trying to get us to change what we're looking at. The reality is, you end up where you start. So if you start with God, you end up with God. If you start with fear, you end with fear. Okay, how do I know that to be true? Okay, that sounds good, but how do you know that to be true? Well, let's take a look at Revelation twenty-two, thirteen. I'm glad you asked. Here's what it says. I am the Alpha and Omega. That's awesome. Wait a minute. What does that mean? I am the first and the last. Okay, but you, could you be a little bit more clear? Absolutely. I'm the beginning and the end. If you start with me, you end with me. If you start with your source, you end with your source. If you start with God, you end with God. Amen? Your first thought that you take a hold of, and if you're already in the middle of a spin, then stop and look up and be reminded that you can rise above it. Or stop and look down and be reminded that you can be rooted in God's purpose. If you're spinning out of control, look up, look down. You see God. So how do I start with God? I mean, seek first the kingdom of God. How do I do that? That's great too, but could you give me a little bit more information than I can do when we leave here? Great, I'm glad you asked. Psalms 100, here we go. One through five. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us. Are we not more valuable? And we are his and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Why? For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Before we start worrying, we start worshiping. We worry or we worship out of the same place we worry. It all begins with a thought. What are you going to do? You have a choice. I can start with worry or I can start with worship. And here's what I know. Your circumstance may not be any different. It may not change your circumstance, but it'll change you. It'll change your view. It'll change your ability to navigate through the circumstance. So we start 
with worship, not worry. We turn our worry into worship. If we start with worry, we end with worry. If we start with worship, we end with worship. So turn your worry into worship. Now our situation again may not have changed, but we're not living or making decisions out of a position of confusion, disorientation, dizziness, off balance, fear. We can make decisions from a position of faith. Matthew 6, 33. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Don't start with your supply or your status. Don't start with your provision or position. Start with his kingdom and all these things, supply, status, position, provision will be added unto you. Here's the bottom line. Here's here's the takeaway I want you to get today. Here's what I want. All of you said all this. We've looked at all this. And I think this is what Jesus was saying. Here's this, what I want you to get. What Jesus is saying is in order to live in God's peace, because worry is the absence of peace, in order to live in God's peace, you have to have God's priorities. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. The reason I don't have peace is because of my problems. Really? Because I can think of a lot of major problems I've had and a lot of major things I've gone through, but the crazy thing is, in some of those, I've had some of the deepest peace. Who knows what I'm talking about? You've experienced a major deal and you can't understand it, but you still had peace. That's proof that peace is not an absence of problems. Peace is an absence of God's priorities because my Bible says, Jesus says, when I have God's priorities, I seek first his kingdom, all these things that I tend to worry about, he takes care of for me. So God's priorities bring God's peace. So maybe the problems that we see and face in life help us reprioritize our life. So we can make then the proper adjustments and find God's peace again. And know that you can have peace in the midst of a storm. So peace is not the absence of a problem. Peace is having the priorities of God in your life. Making that adjustment. Let the band go ahead and come on out. If I live like the birds and stay above it, if I live like the flower and stay planted in God's purpose, then my God shall supply all my needs. Amen. Here's what I want to do. I, I, let me ask this question. And, and I want just be bold and don't worry about what anybody else thinks. Get it? That, okay, anyways, all right. It went that way first service. I should have left that one alone. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to be honest and, and respond. And again, really seriously, don't worry what anybody else thinks. How many of you in here, you would call yourself a world-class worrier? Come on. World-class worrier. Come on. Hey, and don't be worried about what other people think. Right? Some people aren't raising their hand because they're worried about what anybody else thinks. Here's, what, here's the good news for you then. Since you put yourself out there, thank you. Here's the good news for you. Worship comes from the same place. So if you're in here today and you would classify yourself as a world-class warrior, guess what? Then you have the ability to be a world-class worshiper. It comes from the same place. You turn your worry around. Reverse your worry. Turn that worry into worship. God is a good and faithful God. So here's what we're going to, before you even leave, I want you to apply this when you leave it, but we're going to apply it right now. Because sadly, some of you, this will be the only time you apply it. But then at least let it be this time. So if you would, let's all stand to our feet. Had the band come back up.
We're going to go back in the song and we're going to look up or we're going to look down if you're already spinning. And we're going to hold on to a thought that that's my God. He is able. He is good. He knows what I have need of. And so if you would, with all your heart, let's turn our worry around and let's just worship our source and put away our situation. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.